0: If you don't know what Go Wild is, Go Wild is the fastest growing and most active app for hunters, anglers, and outdoor enthusiasts. Literally thousands of people are joining weekly, so it's uh, one of the fastest growing social media platforms for outdoor enthusiasts. Now, most major social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook have strict, very strict anti-hunting and anti-firearm policies. That's not the case with Go Wild. If you're uh, a gun lover, you can post pictures of your guns. If you're uh, a hunter, a fisher, an angler, you know all that good stuff. You can, you can post pictures of your harvests. You know, uh, a little blood doesn't hurt anybody. And as we all know, you know hunters. An animal dies typically when we harvest, and a lot of people have uh, a problem with that on the major uh, major social media platforms. Not on Go Wild, right? This is designed by hunters for hunters and anglers. So, um, and here's a, another great thing about uh, Go Wild: they donate a lot of their revenue back into conservation groups. One specific. Example is Raise Them Outdoors, and uh, that organization um, is helping teach kids to hunt and fish. So they're doing lots of big-time giveaways, and uh, you can store your pictures forever and ever and ever, and there's over 130 species and counting in their systems to to tag and to like. And then basically what you're doing is you're joining a community, Uh, of other like-minded individuals who love hunting love fishing and love just being outside so if you haven't already go to wherever you download apps and search for go wild and uh, download it today welcome to the nine finger chronicles podcast brought to you by exodus trail cameras the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. All right, everybody, happy Monday. And this is a reality check for me. I just spent the last, what, first, second, third, fourth, fifth sixth seventh eighth like the last eight days in colorado or traveling to and then back from colorado and uh, i had one hell of an experience up in the elk mountains man chasing elk is a completely new experience one that i would recommend to absolutely anybody especially when you get an elk to bugle the first Like the first day and get a shot the first day. And anyway, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to make this intro short because what I've done is I've broken this elk, elk trip into three different podcasts in different chapters so it's going to be chapter one chapter two chapter three right so chapter one is our we talk a little bit about gear we talk about our expectations we talk about how we trained for this upcoming hunt and i recorded it in our car on the way to um, colorado and that's what this podcast today is about then on wednesday chapter two that's going to be a, a recap of our first two days uh, on the mountain and then chapter three is a follow-up basically breaking down the last four four days of our hunt and uh, what we've learned we talk about gear a whole bunch of different things so uh, this week's set of nine figure chronicles podcast is dedicated to my elk hunt uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it I'm telling you I had an absolute blast and I think you're going to get an idea of that when um, I start talking about this on the podcast now today you know I today I got back right uh, I played with my kids got my, got to my family um, and I'm recording this and now that I'm done with elk season I need to transition back to whitetails right and this year I did not uh, do as much prepping uh, tree stands as I normally do now normally a guy I think would be worried about that N- not me And the reason for that is because I have one of the best tree stands on the market and that is a lone wolf tree stand and lone wolf sticks, right? I have the alpha and I have the assault. And I have four sets of sticks. So I have my run and gun setups that I use uh, to be really mobile. And I'm not worried at all because it's something that I, I've done a lot over the years. And getting in close um, and being able to move uh, where, where the deer are at. You know, not hoping the deer come through, but at being able to move where the deer are located. Um, that is a very big deal um, because a lot of people just sit and hunt in one spot, not me. I'm mobile, and a lot of that is due to my lone wolf tree stand. Now, what you need to do is visit lonewolfhuntingproducts.com slash nine fingers. That's the number nine, followed by the word fingers, uh, and it's going to bring you to a page where you can submit your name and your email address. Now, what this does is it signs you up for a giveaway. And uh, we have some tree stands that we're going to be giving away in September and October. Uh, So make sure you sign up for that. Now, also what happens is when you sign up for that and you put your name in the hat for that drawing, you are going to get a discount code. And that discount code is 9FC50. And you're going to save... $50 $50 off of all orders over $200 so that's a really good savings you need to take advantage of that especially with uh, the season either here or coming to your state very soon if you're thinking about getting a lone wolf tree stand now is the time to do that so wolf hunting com slash nine fingers that's the number nine followed by the word fingers now enough of the selling out whoring out let's get to today's podcast which is me And my buddy Ryan, as we recap chapter one of our Colorado elk hunt. All right, everybody, we are how many miles into Colorado are we? Uh, We got to be about 60,
1: 70. I don't know. We're, We're about 130 miles away from Denver. So
0: all right. And I'll be honest, man, we just witnessed one of the most. I don't know. I don't even know the word. Spectacular. Yeah, spectacular and powerful lightning storms I have ever witnessed in my entire life, man. It was just, it was like it didn't stop.
1: No, and it was just from one end of the sky to the other.
0: Yeah, the entire landscape over Nebraska, and uh, it was very impressive. So we are we are we're going to break this this is going to be one podcast but it's going to be broken down into like three or four different parts right so i figured we're here we're on the road we got some time to kill uh, before we get to denver uh, and into the mountains where we actually need to start paying attention to our drive <laughs> to our driving but um, we've done a lot of bullshitting on this uh, on this car ride so far but what i want to do is talk to a, talk to you and uh, talk to the listeners a little bit about what we have done to prepare for this uh, trip, some of the gear that we purchased for this trip, and I also want to talk about what our expectations are for this uh, for this trip as well. Right. So, the first thing that I want to say is thanks for coming on this this uh, road trip with me
1: absolutely man i wouldn't have missed it this is what is this two years in the making
0: oh if not longer if not longer because i when did what year did, did we meet 2010
1: yeah had to have been somewhere around then
0: okay so i guess you could say we became friends <laughs> we, ke- we became hunting buddies uh in, in 2010, uh, when uh, you, you were filming me, and that's going to be a whole different podcast. I want to get you on and, and do a Hunting Buddies podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, my buddy and me. <laughs> so we're going to do, uh, man, 2010. And I know we've we've shared the tree stand several times, but this is going to be our first, like, out there. Hunting.
1: Right. Yep. First backcountry hunt together yep
0: so let's talk a little bit about uh uh, what you have done to prepare for this and and uh i because i know we've we've done a lot of different things but let's start off with the physical fitness aspect all right all right you've done uh, way more than what i've done and i felt like i've done a lot so uh, talk to us a little bit about what you've done as far as your your uh physical fitness routine to prepare for this hunt
1: well, um, as far as the preparations go, you know, I I may have spent a little more time in the in the gym, um, but I think, you know, you've definitely prepared more on the, the hiking side of things uh, and carrying loads. But uh, as far as what I've done, I, I really started hitting it, I guess, um, it was in May. And I probably could have done it a little earlier, but, you know, with family life and and uh, work commitments and whatnot that's just the way it landed yep. but uh, essentially I've been uh, getting up about 4:30 in the morning and uh, trying to be at the gym just a, a little after five and I've uh, been working out with a partner there and essentially doing crossfit um, wads or you know the, the workout of the days yeah. um, and he's done pretty much all that programming I haven't really Uh, contributed much to that program other than saying yeah I like that no I don't like that we're going to scale this workout however Um, and along the way I I had an injury I hurt my left shoulder I kind of strained
0: my um, acromioclavicular joint (laughs) so (laughs) you people in the medical uh, field just blow my mind you say that like we're supposed to understand what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, man, the- it's it's where
1: your your uh, your collarbone, your clavicle meets your shoulder. Okay, good. Right there.
0: That that part.
1: Yeah, that part. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it hurt so bad that I couldn't draw my bow back. Right. Um, I couldn't do a push-up. I couldn't do a burpee. I couldn't do any sort of overhead pressing, um, no sort of shrugging. I mean, I essentially, I committed to doing nothing but core and um, – and legs for, well, for eight weeks. I rested yeah. my shoulder for eight weeks. Yeah. So, anyways, that that's the kind of workouts that I've been doing, and they've been like some just real grinding type workouts. It's
0: pretty intense.
1: Yeah. Okay. Exactly.
0: Alright. So then, any other type of preparation from a physical fitness standpoint other than just those types of workouts? I mean, what be be a little bit more specific of what those uh, those workouts entail. Um, so you know, we asked about other things.
1: We've done some running. Yep. Um, typically no more than like three miles. Uh, I ran a five k. What you know? I mean that's not that that's not that long. It's just a little over three miles. Yep. Um, but as far as the the workouts go, they would go something like. Um, You know, we would either do it for time or we would try to do as many rounds as possible um, in a certain amount of time. Right. So it would start out, let's say, uh, like one of them was, uh, and I can't remember everything, but it's essentially you're doing so many burpees, you're doing so many double under uh, jump rope. You're doing so many squats, like whether it be front squat or back squat. Then you go and you do deadlift, um, and then, uh, you know, you do pull-ups. So you're pretty much hitting every major muscle group, but you're also doing it, you know, I I don't want to say as fast as you can, because then that kind of makes it sound like you're just kind of slopping your way through it. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we did that for – just for seven rounds, right? Um, and I know I'm missing a few few movements in there, but just big long grinding workouts where you're you're doing aerobic and anaerobic exercise, um, and and just really trying to to push yourself because, you know, up here there's there's going to be times where, um, you know, we're going to be moving, yeah. all day, and it's not it's not flat terrain, nope. um, but right. really trying to work on. Just overall fitness, you know, functional fitness, that's the, the, the hot term, the key term there, yep. um, core muscle strengthening, things like that. Yeah. Um, but it's just pretty much that, doing workouts like that um, four to five times a week. And then not every day is it like that either. You know, there's days where we have, uh, we do mobility stuff where you're, you know, rolling out on a foam roller or uh, some sort of ball or whatever and trying to just stay loose and stay
0: mobile. All right, so we're 114 miles from Denver. That's what the sign just said. Oh, nice. Yep, so two hours yet, roughly. All right, so for me, I kind of, you know, I did my gym time too, did some cardio. Um, mostly I, I was having back problems at the beginning of the summer, and I didn't, like, know what the hell was going on. So I started using the row machine. Oh yeah, and I rode and rode and rode and rode. I mean, I did that almost on a daily basis, and my back problems went away. I think sure, I got I strengthened my back, uh, and I think that's going to help a lot with you know th- that helped a lot with me then transitioning to the loads uh, that I was carrying uh, during this training period. So I focused heavy on the legs, not so much on the upper body. I mean, I would do some shoulder presses. Some uh, curls, some upright rows, basically stuff that helped the back and shoulders. Right. Um, Not you know I didn't do a lot of bench press or curls or triceps. Those muscles got the workout while I was doing my other things. Right. Sure. The glamour muscles kind (laughs) of
1: the glamour the
0: glamour muscles kind of took a a back seat on uh, on this preparation. But what happened was. what happened was, uh, man, I got this uh, this pack called an Atlas Trainer from a company called The Outdoorsman, and what it is is it's it's, a, it's the frame I'm going to use for hunting. Mm-hmm. But there's an attachment to it that lets you me put um, plates like weight plates. So I kind of uh, stair stepped my way up on these four mile hikes that I would go on, uh, and you know it's in Iowa, so it's not like I'm really testing myself right uh, compared to what we're gonna where we're going and uh (laughs) so i have uh i would go on these four mile hikes and i'd put anywhere from you know i started off as just at just 145 pound plate and i stair-stepped my way up all the way to 85 pounds and i would do this four mile this four mile circuit and i'm telling you that workout just walking with that much weight and going up and down these inclines wore me out i mean oh I, I bet i made sure i was ending on a on a hill and by the time i would get to the top of the last hill i'd get to my car i couldn't even talk i was i was, <laughs> I was just drained exhausted and um the reason i did that is because i i had a really good conversation a while ago with a guy i think he was from michigan and he goes out west every year too and he's man he's like yeah i did the crossfit things mountain kicked my ass yeah i did the you know i did the the weight room the mountains kicked my ass yeah i did you know the intense cardio mountains kicked my ass there's a pattern here yeah exactly (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) but he said the one year he didn't really have a lot of time to spare and he was getting sick and tired of his workouts because sometimes, you, I mean, you had to have felt it in this 4:30 every morning, wake up, go to the gym. Oh yeah. There's days you just didn't want to do it. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: So he he would load up a pack and he'd go for these hikes, and he said the funny thing was, when he got to the mountain, it kicked his ass less. So I'm hoping that this year. because I I felt like I was in great shape the last time we went out here or when when I went to Idaho we're going to be about 3,000 feet higher than what I was in Idaho and I I hiked and I hiked and I hiked and I did legs and legs and legs so I'm hoping that by what I've done there and just reps tons of reps you know going on these hikes getting worn completely out uh, was better for me than, you know, these weightlifting routines or these intense mm-hmm. cardio routines. So I, you know, there's only one way to find that out. That's, that's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, when we get up there, but you know, being from being from the flatland, you know, I'm sure the listeners have heard this a thousand times before. But you can you cannot train for the elevation if you live in Iowa. Oh no you way! Just can't do well,
1: it. Well, we're like about. I think somewhere around between 600 and 700 feet above sea level there. If that. If that, yeah. yeah. If that. So, you know, the the amount of oxygen at that level is around 21%. That's usually about what air contains. Yep. The rest is nitrogen, carbon dioxide, and whatever else, some other trace gases. But whenever you get up in the mountains at 10,000 feet, you know, it's like getting on an airplane, right? Because most airplanes are pressurized to 10,000 feet. So, you know, you ever get on an airplane and you're like, oh, man, I feel tired. You know, you look around, everybody's sleeping on an airplane. And that's not just because they're they're tired from traveling. It's because the partial pressure of oxygen is much lower at 10,000 feet. Right. So just naturally, you're not going to be saturated with as much oxygen. Right, right. And there is no way to, to replicate that, and that's why Olympic athletes train at that altitude. Yep, absolutely. You know, that it's, it's more of a challenge.
0: Right. So another thing that uh, we're doing this year as opposed to my last hunt is my last uh, L cut, we, we got out of the car, <laughs> put on our pack, and we went. There was no acclimation period. We didn't, we didn't uh, take time to properly hydrate. And I got my ass kicked straight up. I was mentally defeated, <laughs> like, within the first hour of hiking up into the hills. And um, we weren't even in anything steep yet. So, it, I mean, right as we were getting off the mountain, that last day is when I started to feel a little bit more comfortable. Now, I think one thing that's really smart of what we're doing this year is we are we're getting there on Saturday, we're going to hydrate, we're going to rest, uh, and we're going to get to our location, and then we're not going to go do anything or start hunting until Sunday. Right. And I think that 12-hour window from when we get there to when we start hunting, we take that time to acclimate and we take that time to hydrate, I really think that's going to help us out.
1: I do too. And not to mention we're taking the prior to our ascent. Right.
0: Right. That's and for those of you who don't know uh, what that is, it helps fight altitude uh, sickness. Uh, so I know that uh, last time, I, or I've, I've I've had altitude sickness before when I came out to Colorado like ten years ago, trying to climb uh, some 14ers while I was out here, and uh, I got up I got up too fast one day and oh my god, it's I, rough. Oh, it, it's like it's almost like a, a really bad hangover yep and dude i was puking and <laughs> i then i just felt like shit the rest of the day and oh couldn't, hell yeah couldn't do anything and uh, yeah so anyway there's that now so we've talked a little bit about our training now gear uh, because hunting whitetails and hunting elk are two completely different things oh yeah so let's not go over every piece of equipment that we purchased because right. <laughs> we spent some time in Shields today uh spending some money but i want to talk about uh some of the pieces that you've b- purchased for this upcoming hunt um so
1: i you know you've probably already talked about both stuff yeah. so won't really hit that too much um but as far as like a, a pack that's another big item that i, I think is important for a hunt um i'm running a uh, mystery ranch pentler on this um on this trip and uh, it has the guide light frame um, to help distribute weight and everything i went to shields tried it on felt like a good pack i'd done a little bit of research i was considering uh, mystery ranch and then i think uh, the other company is glacier stone um
0: stone glacier or
1: stone glacier yeah, yeah sorry stone glacier um, and uh, ultimately, price kind of went out on this, and also just any sort of future utility. I felt like I could probably get a little bit more out of the Mystery Ranch uh, than the the Stone Glacier because it was going to have to be a pretty damn big pack. Right. Um. So, I uh, I got mine at Shields, and I think it's going to be great. Um, food wise. Oh yeah. Um, we're doing Heather's choice and uh we'll we'll see how that all tastes she she whipped up some uh some special meals for us that are not currently available but we're kind of going to give them a uh
0: we're her guinea pigs on this
1: yeah one. exactly gonna give them a test run so
0: and i'll tell you what for, from a company you know we had to purchase all this stuff uh but from a company just talking with that like that's what customer service is supposed to be about right uh, and just it i've talked with a you know getting ready for this trip you know talking with a lot of people like buddies and also talking to companies about what i should need or what offering that whatever category i'm looking at might be the best for me uh in what i'm doing but um when when you have customer service uh, because i don't know like i'm ignorant about some of these products right Uh when it comes to like dehydrated meals A normal person doesn't study up on that stuff right so when she would take the time this Heather girl who owns Heather's Choice would take the time and talk to us she's the owner of the company she took time to talk to us on an individual basis answer any questions that we had and that's customer service to me and I wish more people did that
1: oh absolutely and she was in constant contact with me uh, whether it was calling or messaging or, or whatever and uh you know trying to come up with a, a game plan for our meals um and the way that she goes about making all of her meals they're she uses the highest quality ingredients and uh she like for the the uh, the bison i know that she was telling me the day that i was talking to her they're getting ready to go pick up a uh, a bison so that they could make the their uh i think it's like a some sort of dark chocolate chili um oh. so they were getting ready to make the next round of that man that's that sounds um,
0: that sound a lot like a plug are you getting paid
1: no uh uh-uh, nope sound like a plug dude yeah sorry <laughs> i'm just telling you what it's all about you know you, hey after you told me what those uh mountain meals or whatever they were did oh, to you Jesus. i wanted no part of that no so that's so, whenever I started kind of looking into an alternative.
0: You know the term "shit a brick"? <laughs> uh, dude, it, it's a it's a real thing.
1: It, it came from that. It came huh? from
0: a real place. <laughs> like taking a poop while you're like while you're dehydrated sucks. Oh man, <laughs> uh, no, I don't want any part of that. Hell no. All right, so the next thing, um, let's see, for me, my first trip I went out there and my binos were just hanging on on the front of my chest, mm-hmm. right? So same company, Outdoorsman, uh, had a a bino harness, but it was enclosed, right? So it has – I can set my binos down in this little compartment, this little – Oh, that's cool. And then – and I'll show you when we get there. But then a lid flips up, and it magnets shut. So it's not getting in the way. It's not – there's not getting any dirt. If it starts to rain, there's – No Velcros going no Velcro. Uh, and so it's just going to protect my binos hmm. and it's not like I have to have them in a pocket or in my pack. I can have them right in front of me. <laughs> and the cool part about it is it has these little compartments on it so I can put my, uh, cow call and oh, I yeah. can put my, uh, my cell phone in there. And, uh, I don't know, maybe <laughs> do you can, need to
1: Instagram or, yeah, you know, I need, Facebook or I need to whatever. A, a story. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh and then let's see what else and then i got a higher quality you know i don't care who if anybody tells you uh, the company frog tog uh-huh. they might as well make a disposable rain jacket because it is it's good for about 10 minutes uh. then that's it it's that's it it's good it's, it's good to throw it away yeah so Basically what I'm saying is don't buy a frog talk rain suit. Because I went, I went out there last the last time and I had a frog talk rain suit. And it it rained and I was wet. I'm like... Uh, I, what What the hell is the purpose of this? A trash bag would have done a better job. <laughs> and you can buy those for like a penny. Right. And you're not above doing that because oh. I've seen
1: you do it. Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah.
0: Come on. Yeah. You saw where I grew up. <laughs> Shit. So, <laughs> so, all right. So... I got. I improved my my rain jacket game, uh, and then what else? I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, do you have any other pieces of gear? Um, I bought
1: a uh, a mat that you can blow up by. Uh, it's a climate, I think. They were at ATA last year, and I saw their their shit hanging up, and it looked like pretty good quality. And it's not like a mat where you. You roll on it, and all the air moves to one side. They have some oh, sort of cutout design. In it. yeah, yeah, it's like a V-form technology, or is there something that that matter? Um, you know, and and I actually I found it for really cheap. I was on the climb, and it was about twenty bucks cheaper than it was anywhere else. Yeah, yep. So, and that's not a plug for the climb either. But I'm just you know like if some of these deals. I mean, you know, I know not everybody has. Uh, connections to to buy this kind of stuff or just a lot of extra money. Um, So I always appreciate it whenever I can find a place to to get a good deal on those things. Right.
0: Let me tell you this, though. Do not hesitate to call a company and ask them if they have any type of industry discounts or any type of discounts because, yes, I have this podcast, and, yes, uh, this is going to sound arrogant, but some people may know me. A lot of people don't know me, and I I like saving money just as much as the next guy. So on some of these products that I don't have any connection with, you know, I say, hey, man, you guys got any kind of uh, – are you running any specials or discounts? And they're like, hey, man, go order online and use the, you know. Right, use this 10-off or 20-off yeah. code. Yep, 10-10. Free shipping. Yep, absolutely. So it's, you're not saving a ton, but you're saving something. Yeah. And something's better than nothing.
1: Exactly. So uh, – Okay. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to buy everything at retail
0: price. Absolutely. And it's out there. I mean, it's out there. There's deals out there. You can find some way or something to, uh, some way to save. Okay, so I'm trying to think. Oh, I bought a new knife. Oh. I'm, I'm, I hope I get the opportunity to use it because not only is it, you know that means we're successful, but it looks badass too. I want to get. <laughs> Is it a Rambo knife? Oh, I wish it was. <laughs> Does it
1: have a damn compass and shit on the end of it? And Black toothpicks? powder in it.
0: <laughs> a, st- a stitch kit, so when yep. I have to get stitches, you can give me stitches. <laughs> no, they. Uh, it's. A, it, I got a Buck knife. Okay. Those are. Those are supposed to be pretty good, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they are. They've been around a long time. I know. I think they're made in America too, right? Made in America. All right. So then I got that knife. Uh, so I'm really hoping to use it, and uh, I don't know.
1: Do you? Okay. So that since we're on the topic of knives, uh, when we were at ATA this past year, I bought I think it's something called a, a torque knife.
0: But this and was it, handmade
1: by the guy, right? Um, or is this something different? No, this is something different. No, okay. that was an axe I bought one year. <laughs>
0: You and your purchases.
1: Oh, yeah. I'd I love to buy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask you or my wife. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sucker. No, that was a... Torque knife. It's a torque knife. Yeah, it's like basically a... Oh, yes. Un, I remember this now. It's like an unequal C. So one, so let's say the top side of a C is longer than the bottom side. Um, and then it has what he calls the torque assist. And you can basically break the pelvis of an animal with this thing so you don't have to cut it and have you know the the bone saw um cut uh, the bladder or the yeah exactly or yeah you, you can have all the damn bone flake and and whatnot in there uh so i'm i'm gonna be real excited to use that and plus you can also you can um unzip the animal real easy with it right okay or at least the video looked like it
0: yeah well we'll find out that's right but i hope so yeah i hope so Hope you don't have to break my pelvis to perform some kind of surgery on me. No, out there, yeah. yeah. But I know you'd do it if you had to. I would absolutely. Like if a snake bit my butt, a rattlesnake bit my butt, would you suck the poison out of it, or would I? Your would you butt is to? as far as I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we okay. We talked a little bit about uh, gear, and uh, the last thing I want to talk about before we uh, get back to you know. We had to slow it down for the podcast. We're going to get back to a cruising speed. Um, And by the way, Interstate 80 at night with no traffic is a beautiful thing. It's awesome. (laughs) NASCAR speed. That's right. But anyway, um, expectations. Yeah. What are your expectations for this time?
1: you know really just to have a good time as cheesy and corny as that sounds um it's a departure from everything that's going on in iowa work Yep. you know um uh i I mean yes it'd be awesome to to tag out and to bring some meat home you know i told you before i don't really care how big the bull is or even if it comes down to it we're hunting for cows yeah um you know, as long as it's legal, it it's going to come home.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great point because, uh, like, I don't know how to say this without, like, if my wife or your wife listens to this. But I feel that men especially, you know, everybody needs to get away and disconnect for a while. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like men need it. They need to go be men, right? Right. Right whatever that means i don't know i'm not trying to read into anything or make any type of bold statements but like i i feel that regardless of what happens on this trip i'm gonna come home refreshed i'm gonna come home accomplishing something in nature and disconnecting from the internet the phone uh, my job you know sitting at this cute i sit at a cubicle for eight hours a day and it's not fun (laughs) and um I don't know. I just feel that just making it up to the mountain and, I don't know. That's just a, recharge. Yeah, that's a win right there. That's yes, it win. is. So that and for as far as expectations are concerned, you know, it's really dry out there right now and there's forest fires uh there were forest fires i think uh to the west of where we were we're where we are going and to the northeast of where we were we're going and um it's pretty dry so that means the elk are going to be somewhere in the vicinity of water so we have to try to find water and uh you know if i feel if we can find water we're going to have uh some decent you know we're going to be able to do it right right uh, or at least potentially getting shot we have someone who lives out there who's kind of a sk- going to pseudo guide us i mean we're going with a hunting he's hunting with us but he lives out there so that's just increases our odds right yeah so you know again same as you i'm pr- i'm probably not going to be picky uh, this is the first time i've ever you know if i get the shot at a cow i'll probably take it because it's the first elk period i've ever killed Right and you know I think uh, if you can bring home meat for the family I think that's a that's a win in itself. So oh yeah, it uh, is. Very very low expectations as far as uh, you know what I'm going to try to shoot and uh, and then just to absorb as much nature as humanly possible. There's plenty of it out there. Oh dude, and just even even into Nebraska where it's flat, it's just something different it's still gorgeous and you know we uh as the sun was going down we were getting into the sand hills and we we already talked about this really massive lightning storm that we saw uh we saw a couple mule deer um from the road lots of white tails from the road and uh i just want to get up there and even seeing an elk is going to be another win for me oh yeah it's something just something completely different and then like i don't know what it is about The punishment that we're getting ready to endure, (laughs) right? I mean, we're going to be sucking wind, right? Adam is going to have to. We're going with Adam Parr from the Transition Wild podcast, um, and he's going to be having to slow down for us. And I, I just like that burn is something that I kind of like. Oh yeah, you know that where you're so tired you're talking to yourself, you're just like. (laughs) Come you can do on! It. Come, Come on! You're a pussy. You can do this. Come on! Keep going. Like that's what that's the conversation I have in my head, as I'm, you know, grinding it out. Uh, that's I mean that's what happened last time because you know if you don't have this inner monologue or for me anyway if I didn't have this inner monologue telling like telling myself you cannot quit. You got to keep going because if you sit down and just give up, then you're not gonna you're de- definitely not gonna get a shot. Oh no right? way! So, nope.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think one thing that's important to mention, too, is, um, it's, is it's so impressive how, how much the lack of moisture in the air affects your ability to function at that elevation. Yeah, it, it, it literally sucks the moisture out of your mouth. You cannot drink enough water. Right. And uh, it's, it's something that I'm always impressed with. Whenever I go out here, I we were out here um, kind of near Longmont in June, I believe, and I went running, and it, I mean, I I thought I'd drink a lot of water that day, yeah. And on that run, I mean, it's just it's the worst <laughs> case of cotton mouth you could possibly imagine.
0: Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So we got to deal with that, and I think uh, you were looking on your phone on the way out here. We were talking about, dude, how much water are we going to need to drink in a day? and you were talking about five up like some some things said up to 5 liters a day. Yeah. Now, that uh, by that point you're forcing yourself to drink water. Right. Right, just just to maintain. And for us, it's going to be five. I mean because you you would read from uh, 3 to 4 to 5 liters and that's a lot of water.
1: Yeah, cuz about that, almost pretty close to four liters is about a gallon yeah um so you're looking you're looking at quite a bit of, uh, of water right so that'll be fun to get in here by the way because there's so much shit <laughs> in the back of this pilot so, um, so we
0: decided to take uh on this trip uh, we were talking about taking ryan's truck and i and i said uh man let's just take my wife's car the honda pilot because you know it's going to get a little bit better gas mileage um and it is i mean it's get i mean we're we're making basically 20 miles 20 miles to the gallon uh set cruise at 85 miles an hour
1: yeah i've been driving 90 and it's gone down a little bit yeah but and we had a really
0: strong headwind right when we were going through that storm but uh we we have we laid both rows of seats down in the back, and we have three coolers. I have my bronc box, which is basically just a big tote. Um, all of our food and gear is stashed in there as well, and all my of my tote, my tote. six or seven bags. Yep, yep, and uh, sleeping bags and stuff. So and there's still room. You know, I was talking. You know, we were, we were thinking we might have we might have room to lay down, but if we planned it right. Look at, look at how much room we have above everything. Right. We, we could lay down. I'm telling you, we could. Yeah. I don't doubt you. Man, don't ever doubt me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the end of chapter one, and uh, we're going to uh, probably have chapter two uh, after maybe the first couple days of hunting. What do you think? Sounds good to me. All right, everybody. That brings an end to chapter one of this elk hunt recap. The next chapter will launch on Wednesday of this week, so keep an eye out for that. Huge shout out to Ryan for taking time to record this podcast with me. Huge shout out to all the partners of this podcast. Exodus Trail Cameras, Wasp Broadheads, Lone Wolf Tree Stands, Deer Lab, Prime Archery, Ripcord Arrow Rests, Ozonic Scent Elimination, and Hunter Safety Systems vests and lifelines and all that stuff now huge shout out to you for taking time to listen uh dude i got a lot of positive feedback on instagram and facebook as i'm making these posts people just wishing me good luck throughout the entire internet and i really appreciate that uh that that means a lot to me and let me reciprocate that by telling all of you to have really good luck i hope all of you guys have good luck this upcoming season man and uh, when you do have good luck hit me up because that means we can do a podcast of your success story hunter profile bs session all you got to do is hit me up and we can set something up i pretty much uh if you can talk english uh decent english i can uh i'll have you on the podcast man so there's that if you haven't already Go leave a review on iTunes or wherever you download uh, podcasts. Uh, I also want you to go like social media, like the pages, not only for the Sportsman's Nation and Nine Finger Chronicles, but for all of the uh, uh, content providers on the uh, Sportsman's Nation as well. Um, If you haven't already, go check out the Nine Finger Nation t-shirt at Busted Rack. A portion of those proceeds are going to go to the... Uh, Quality Deer Management Association. So, uh, long story short, by you purchasing this t shirt, you are also helping uh, raise money for the Quality Deer Management Association. Uh, There's that. That's about it. Um, We have chapter two coming on Wednesday. Keep an eye out for that. If you're going to be in a tree, do me a favor along with our friends at Hunter Safety Systems. Please wear your damn safety harness. We'll see you Wednesday.